Gola, it's potty potty. And Chewy, with your fourth episode of Rinkside. That's right, we're here with numero quattro, and it's a big episode for you today. We've got the stats, plays of the week, um, and a special guest by Scurvy Dog, who's going to walk through a new recurring segment, the team of the week. Chewy, how you doing this this week? How was vacation? Vacation was uh, it was good. It was, uh, we went out to the Muskokas. There was no Wi-Fi. Uh, kind of disconnected a little bit, not too too much, but uh, was able to get out on the lake every day and spend time with my kids and my wife and my family. Uh, came back with a little bit of a sore throat, <clears throat> so we're rocking the Chewy robe. Uh, there may be a few coughs in here and a few hauls with my beer, but. How was uh, how was your week? How's everything been with you? Oh, doing fantastic. Sorry, you got a little bit of a cough in the throat. Um, you know, I was at the the SFL convention down in Vegas. Picked up that banner. Um, you know, it'd be nice if it awesome. said that you know the Dublin Dragons instead of the DC Dragons. But uh, you know, <laughs> we're you know it's a starting point. Um, but yeah, things are good. Um, well, you know, yeah. And uh, you know who awesome. else? Awesome. We'll have to get you a Dublin Dragons banner soon. <laughs> yeah, I I hope so. I'm 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 waiting for one. Got plenty of room on the wall. Um, you know, I'm doing well this week, but so is another team here. We've got the Dublin Dragons are doing pretty well, sitting at first. How would you say the the Dragons performed this week? Yeah, uh, we weren't first last week, so. No bias. I'm very happy that uh, we're at the top this week. Uh, last week, we had uh, a 4-0 week, a couple tough games. Uh, San Diego did put up a, a tough one and brought us to OT, and so did Alaska. So it, it wasn't easy, but uh, but I'm glad to see us on top once again on a six-game win streak, and hopefully that, uh, that continues on. But, of course, we got uh, the Jacksonville uh, Vipers, who leading the league in points, uh, leading the league in goals, sorry. And Florida and Alaska not far behind, so the season isn't over yet. It could it could still end up uh, very different next week. You know, a few teams kind of clinched playoff spots. Um, do you recall who those are? I think yeah. So we got uh, Dublin, Jacksonville, Florida, Alaska, and uh, if I pull this up real quick here, I believe Turku as well clinched and Las Vegas last week. So we got six teams already clinched. Um, mathematic, well, mathematically, Redwater should clinch if they get one more point, uh, and then they will have eliminated uh, Tennessee. Uh, pretty much that whole conference is, is pretty much set. But in the, in the uh, Mr. Hockey Conference, we still got Florence, Glasgow, and Albuquerque all fighting for that last spot there. Uh, within points of each other. So it's going to be a close race for the Mr. Hockey Conference. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, nice. Well, um, you know, let's turn the segment to um, some of our stats here. We're looking at the league leaders, and I wanted to kind of zoom in on this. Um, 
oops, I wanted to look at a, a stat category this week, um, penalty minutes, and we've got Truck Ackles leading with um, 42 penalty infraction minutes. Um, down at the bottom is Alpaca with 25. Um, pretty uh, pretty impressive numbers. Are, are those the most you've seen in the past, or these jump change compared to some contenders? Uh, it, it's it's getting there. Yeah, I think uh, I think one season we saw around 60 to 65. So with with two weeks left, I mean, we can definitely see those rack up. Uh, I know last season there was a ton of fights. So so fights do count towards five penalty minutes. Um, and then obviously the the minors uh, and the major penalty minute penalty minutes two and four, and then we also got those pesky major minutes that end up with like fifteen minutes plus the fight. So players could be walking out of some games with twenty penalty minutes. Oh, wow. um, it's you know one thing interesting to see. Uh, there's not too many defenders on the list. I mean we got. Uh, Jack Hammer, Albert Begin, and Alpac at the bottom there, and and then and then Demko at the top. But it's interesting seeing a lot of forwards up there. You'd think defenders would kind of take the reins with uh, making mistakes, trying to protect their net. But we all we've well we've all seen the holding calls and the and the and the too long of hugs on the boards <laughs> from from those forwards when they're on the uh, when they're on the uh, forecheck. And, and I, I see, you know, one of these um, up here is not satisfied at number four. You know, if we shift over to the rookies, I, oh, I guess Demko is a rookie as well. I did not know that. Um, but yeah, Demko, we, he, he joined, he, he was called up late last season, uh, but technically he, he does still have his rookie status for, for this season. Yeah interesting but, there uh, yeah the looks like demko and not satisfied definitely at the top there with 37 and 33 and and your one and only uh potty potty is is up there with the 20 penalty minutes you, you did end up in a couple fights uh last week i believe how did uh how did those turn out for you they did not turn out uh you know too well for me not satisfied whooped my ass um didn't look too good but <laughs> you know i i stood up for the team um and did my part so I'm uh I am satisfied with with at least the the effort I put into it. That's uh that's all we can ask for is, is sticking up for for players like Bear when they get uh absolutely murdered on the ice. Um I you know I I put together an interesting little chart here. I was wondering hopefully our viewers are on desktop because this is going to be kind of hard to see on mobile. Um, but this is actually a discipline and PEM, uh, you know, our pen penalty infraction minutes um, kind of uh, bubble chart. So on the horizontal axis is discipline. On the vertical axis is PEM. And each of these bubbles represents a team. So you can see on the very far bottom right is Albuquerque meaning that they have the most investment in discipline points. We basically took, um, okay. looked at the rosters, looked at the number of discipline points, and then summed those at the team level, and then did the exact same for the penalty and fraction minutes. Um, so as you can see, the um, ABQ 
who invested over 1500 into dis into discipline have um, you know around 120 penalty infraction minutes um, but there are you know a few kind of interesting outliers here we've got um, Florence Firebirds they're the bottom left dot um, they invested you know the fewest points into discipline yet they're only hovering around the same you know amount as Albuquerque um, what do you what do you kind of make of that oh. Yeah, that's uh, that's really interesting. Seeing the fact that you have one team who has the most, one team that has the least, and I mean they're within minutes minutes of each other. Uh, uh, I want. I mean, hopefully it's not a stats input error. I think based off some of the numbers, it, it may look like there there may be a couple since since uh, penalty minutes doesn't include seconds, but we have some seconds included. But I I mean that's uh, that's just a big jump. Uh, but then you kind of see it with Melbourne, <coughs> who has the second least amount of points in discipline, and they're at the top of penalty minutes. So it, I'd be curious to see what other stats or uh, sorry attributes Florence uh, kind of invests in, maybe uh, something like stick checking or um, even their low aggression count could, could have a factor. It'd be uh, super interesting to, to dive deeper into this, uh, maybe in another episode. Uh, you know, seeing as Florence and Albuquerque, you know, same uh, same penalty minutes, completely different discipline. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we can kind of revisit that with some in-depth stats. And, you know, to our viewers, if, if you kind of like this type of analytical content, you know, tell us about that in the comments so we can keep this coming. It did take a little bit of time to put this together, but if you find value in it, we'd be happy to kind of continue to share this. Um, so um, I was just kind of curious, like, what do you think makes for a great enforcer in the league? Yeah, so enforcers are are interesting. I mean, obviously you expect, I mean, in the name, you kind of expect fights, big hits, uh, defensive players. Um, and, and I think that, I mean, that's really what makes a good enforcer. Uh, you know, obviously the skill behind the player hopefully comes in eventually, or hopefully it comes in early, but uh, I know, like for us, we have uh, we have the Bob up front on forward, and we have uh, Shane Knox on defense. Uh, both enforcers, both have been playing their part this season. I know there there has been some very good enforcers in the league, like Eric Davis, who who is always up there for for defensive awards, and uh, Johnny Blades, who, who who's having himself another great season, and I believe he believe he won the the defensive. Uh, player of the year in season one as an enforcer so it's uh it's tough to it's tough to track sometimes with ea because we don't track block shots um and, and takeaways so it, it it'd be nice to see that in the future to really to really value um the enforcers in our league uh because i mean that's that's their main goal at least uh that would be uh, their goal for for um, a lot of owners when they're looking at enforcers. Mm. So a little bit deeper, you know, statistical awareness could kind of improve our valuation and appreciation for the contributions of this archetype. Yeah. Did you have any thoughts on thoughts on it, Potty? Uh, you know, like I, when I think of enforcer, I think of like the movie Goon, um, you know, where they're like fighting and kind of <laughs> standing up for, 
you know, players on the team. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, I think like, you know, somebody that enforces kind of the regulations and the respect kind of on the ice, there's kind of unwritten rules of conduct. Um, you know, people kind of go out there to play physical and, you know, sometimes injuries are a part of it. But, you know, I think um, for the greater appreciation, people aren't typically headhunters trying to like, you know, take people out, um, at least, you know, through, um, you know, certain maneuvers on the ice at times, like that may be something where you're, you're kind of looking to kind of take somebody else out to like give your team the advantage, but ultimately, um, you know, you wouldn't want to like seriously injure someone. Uh, so I think that it, it kind of evens the field and kind of pushes back like the momentum um, towards the direction of, you know, again, that, that respect and kind of the, the, the unwritten rules of the ice in my, in my layman understanding yeah, I, I of, of hockey. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that, that completely makes sense. And I like what you said about, you know, protecting the team. I mean, you know, I know a lot of teams have some players who are uh, smaller players, you know, five, seven, five, eight, five, nine lower weight. So when they get, when they get hit off the puck by a defender, there's a higher chance of them getting injured. So having those enforcers, you know, on the line with them, you know, I've, I've seen some success on our team, uh, testing out with, uh, with big heart. He's a grinder, but, but very similar archetype where, uh, you know, he's able to help, you know, dictate kind of the play on the ice sometimes, uh, being able to push around the other team, uh, rather than our team getting pushed around. So any teams that have, uh, maybe some smaller players, it'd be, it'd be cool to test it out, putting them with a big enforcer, grinder, two-way forward, power forward, all those kind of defensive archetypes uh, with those players to see, you know, maybe, maybe it does help the on ice, you know, play and, and help you from getting EA'd and losing, you know, one of your top snipers mm -hmm. in the first few minutes of the game. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's interesting. That's how you kind of take things to the, the next level and apply, um, you know, these different types together towards like a, a team-based outcome. Um, so cool. So let's, yeah. uh, let's, you know, wrap up our stats here with the, uh, the minors. Um, you know, we've seen uh, Orsaw had a, had a rough week this week where we lost um, three games. Fortunately, two of those we lost in overtime. Um, so we're still hanging on to second place. We're a point away from Vancouver, um, but they, uh, you know, have been outperforming us. So we will, you know, continue to, to see, but, uh, you know, if there's anything that I learned this week is like really the, you know, the standings are, they're important. They're going to dictate like who goes into the playoffs, but, you know, on the ice, like it's anyone's game, you know, Atlantic, um, who else did we lose to Manitoba, Saskatoon, um, you know, they may be ranked lower, but yeah. you know, they, they beat us. Yeah, well, well, I think like we mentioned on a previous episode, uh, the Atlantic Bucks uh, last season went into the playoffs in last place, and 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 they came out with the cup. Uh, and, and you know, even even from the last time we talked, now we got Manitoba, Iceland, Malmo, and Atlantic all within one point of each other. So, and then they're all you know three or four points away from playoff. So, with with three weeks left for them, it's, I mean, it's anyone's game still, mm -hmm. uh, you know, a losing streak or a winning streak could, uh, 
could change a lot in, in, in the minors right now. So for all you minors, I mean, don't get discouraged if your team loses a couple because right now it could it could be anyone's it could be anyone's game. Yeah, absolutely. And there were, you know, a few games in particular that that stood out. So let's move on to our plays of the week. I'm gonna kick us off with um let's see. We've got double overtime and looks like the Reapers got the or who's got it? Cleveland? I don't know. They're battling over and we've yeah, got Reapers got it now. Reapers, Reapers Reapers closed out the game with Noah Bake. Yes. Baked uh you know a doozy into there and I thought that was a great play. So let's um let's move on over to the second play of the week. Yeah, so we got Dublin versus uh Melbourne. And uh, I I saw this goal live. It was an amazing one-timer by Barzell from top of the circle. Uh, one-timed it right past JT Waters. Uh, unfortunately, they were on five on three, so it's it's tough to fault Melbourne. But it, it's also hard to uh, not have that shot, you know, make the play of the week because I mean he was almost at the blue line. Yeah, that was an incredible shot. There's uh, for the third time. I really like that one. Um, let's see. So next we've got, it is overtime. There's Gray skating with the puck and comes around. And let's see. Oh, Gray gets kind of demolished there with a, a pretty big hit. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. Um, this plays a, a little bit long. So for our viewers. Yeah, that's, where, that's why you need your enforcers. Yeah. <laughs> You know, and it it's kind of shifting into the, uh, you know, the challengers are getting it, but then uh, Gray's got the puck again and passes it to uh, something at Otzel, and then Gray with, gets her own rebound and wins the game. Um, oh, there you go. I like that one. I think that was... Talk about uh, get, getting revenge for that hit, eh? Yeah, I would say, yeah, perseverance. Let's just see that big hit again. Oh, that was massive. Um, all right, so let's move on to you got some air on that. <laughs> yeah, our next one. All right, looks like uh, Jerry Jackson's first goal is a warlock here. We got beauty empty netter from the blue line. You know what? But some people might not find the empty netter goal impressive, but if anyone's watched. Uh, the last minute of games with empty netters, I don't think a player is very likely to score. So it's awesome to see Jerry Jackson getting his first goal, even though it's an empty netter. Yes, those empty nets are quite small. Um, and it's uh, certainly an accomplishment. Yeah, it, 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 it looks like it's almost harder to score than when there's a goalie in there. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so here we go. In our next one, we've got... So nice old massive hit. Um, couldn't see who that was. Oh. But then Pendleberry comes in and scores. Uh, oh, wow. Another big hit. I don't know if Pendleberry made the hit. I, I kinda... think that was Kozak that laid out the hit. Oh, nice. Um, wow. So, yeah. Talk nice about one. salt on the wound scoring a goal after <laughs> getting laid out. 
All right. And we've got a, a record-setting play of the week here. Yeah, so Joey Rabb, who uh, sets the record for Jacksonville franchise uh, number of goals here. That was a very nice passing play. Uh, just squeaks it in past uh, past Tennessee here. One more time. What a nice pass to slide it past him. That's, uh, yeah, so Rab sets the franchise record for uh, goals with the 20, for Jacksonville with that. Yeah, one. 23 goals. Um, all right. And we've got another first-timer here. Um, one of my um, favorite miners we got in the league, this guy, King Spade, has been super active in the chat. Um, nice. You know, he's on the, the Warlocks. Uh, great personality, very supportive, um, was super hungry for a goal. And uh, I like that one because, you know, the puck's kind of, Coming down, somehow they made a bad pass or, you know, he just squeaked in there and, and took it out. But uh, King Spade with, uh, you know, what was going to be the ending play of the week. Nice little move there at the end, too, to fake the goalie. Oh, yeah. Um, and then I'll, I'll take this last one for the, you know, the play of the week, my favorite one. Um, we've got Potty Potty with my first goal in goals. Uh-oh. I forgot to press loop on that one, um, but you can see it can set up and there it is. So that, that closes us out with the awesome. play. Congrats on your first goal. Oh, thank you. Um, felt really and, good. Uh, just a quick, quick message for everyone. If, uh, if you want to submit some plays uh, that you want to see, I mean, uh, send it to, to potty or me. Uh, we'd love to, you know, we can't unfortunately watch every game, but we do try to try to catch everything. So if we do miss one, please send your clips over to us so we can try to include as many uh, plays as possible. Yeah, absolutely. We would love this to be a community-driven kind of content generation. Um, we're kind of laying down the legwork right now to see those plays. Um, we factor in, you know, a number of different things from... Um, you know, events in the game that we think stand out, but also, you know, reactions in chat when people say, oh, that was a massive hit. So that kind of, uh, you know, factors into yeah, which definitely. plays we select, but would love to kind of elect them from the, the, the community itself. So we are going to move on to our interview with Scurvy Dog. Eight. <clears throat> Potty and Chewy here from Rinkside with our special guest, Scurvy Dog. Uh, welcome to Rinkside, Scurvy. Thank you very much. Glad to be here. Yeah, How, thanks uh, for being on, Scurvy. How are you doing today, Scurvy? I am doing incredibly well. I hope you gentlemen are doing the same. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, looks, uh, we're, we're doing well today and appreciate you coming on to the show um, why don't you start off by telling us a little bit about yourself? Who are you in goals? Who am I in goals? Um, other than the official team dog of the Jacksonville Vipers, I am also the team GM, even though I'm in reality, I'm probably a little more of a head coach than I am a GM. I'm constantly frustrating banks by shooting down his trades. And other than that, also I work with the stats team, um, entering stats 
for all the teams occasionally others other team teams other my own as well and i um run the team of the week selections i go through and i get a list of the team of the week nominees and i run them by a, a mini committee of league elders and <clears throat> we discuss if necessary and then post and that's pretty much it sounds like you, awesome. you conquer a lot yeah not really <laughs> i still got still got plenty of other time i'm in wrestling efeds and uh, I, I I even work from the same chair in between all that. Sometimes oh, yeah. <laughs> that has to be dealt with. Awesome. Uh, re really quick, we did a Urban Dictionary uh, search of your name. So when you go when you Urban Dictionary scurvy dog, uh, it says it's the term used by sea pirates for insubordinates. Is this uh, is this pretty accurate, or is there another reason uh, for your name? Not in my case. Not really. I just <laughs> in my case I. I just had an old friend of mine just kept calling everybody a scurvy dog, scurvy dog, this, oh, he's a scurvy dog, that, oh, she's a scurvy dog, blah, blah, blah. And, and one day I just thought, that sounded cool. I'm going to steal that. So I basically stole my own nickname. And, um, you know, if anything, the double zero at the end of it's much more interesting than the first part. That's my old number I used to drive in the online NASCAR league, which used to be in a long time ago. It was a lot of fun. Awesome. So, so just to clarify for everyone, you are not an insubordinate uh, from the Sea Pirates. You are someone that was called Scurvy Dog. <laughs> Adam, Adam Banks might agree, disagree on the insubordinate part, but uh, <laughs> no, I am not that. Awesome. So, um, you know, how do you contribute to the league kind of off of the ice? Ah, off of the ice. Well, I like to um, support our players in any way. One of the things I, one of the things I really like to do is I like to keep our clubhouse engaged because um, the majority of almost any club out there is you got your your lurker players that they you know they don't chat as much, they're not on Twitch as much, but they're still a just as important part of your team as guys that don't shut the f up like me. So. What I do is every after every game, I um, I make sure in the clubhouse I do a complete write up on the game, and I at people that had good performance. So just gotta keep people engaged. That's I guess I don't know team cheerleader, um, however you want to describe it. <laughs> That's one of the things I just try to focus on off the ice, and and I try to be um, our our affiliate players are very important to me as well. I really try to make those guys feel part of the viper family and i extend our progression assistance service to them if if they like to go down that path we offer to, that to them just the same as we do any other viper so that's that's about my story there oh excellent it sounds like the you know the viper organization has a pretty good you know engagement and um support system kind of along the way i know that you you also kind of support the the greater league with the the team of the week is that true that is very true excellent um so why don't you talk us a little bit about um what you do for the team of the week and then we'll actually pull up that one um for us to talk about okay well what i do is 
basically, I wake up Saturday morning. First thing I do is bring up the stats page and see if it's ready to go. Um, we, we've had some problems in the past where I had to spend a significant amount of my Saturday catching stats up before I can even start working on team of the week. But I'm glad to say this season, thanks to the effort of our stats team, which has been freaking amazing, um, uh, especially uh, McChuckles and Shaboy, um, those two in particular, it's mm -hmm. been thunderfingers on those damn stats getting them in there and the, the last several weeks i wake up saturday morning and i'm yeah i don't even have to enter my i don't even have to enter my own team they're done and ready to go and i can start working on it right away and what i'll just start doing i'll open the i'll open the stats page on the week uh, i'll start with alaska and work my way right and just look at you know, you know pick out performances within the time range of each line and make notes of them and then drill down further and until eventually I got four lines of forwards, three lines of defenders, a pair of goalies and a coach. Awesome. So uh, Potty here will pull up the team of the week. If you want to kind of walk us through how you choose it, uh, we can, we can use this, uh, this week's as kind of a baseline of, of some of your choices and, and, and what's your thought process when you're going through these stats and why you're picking certain players. Okay, we'll start with the forwards because I'm a forward and I'm biased. Um, <laughs> start, most important things with forward, of course, is points. Points are gonna stick out the most. And then, you know, got that and plus minus, also important. I don't, won't say it's quite as vital as when I look at the defenseman, but Yeah, so that, and, but the most important thing is probably the um, time breakdown. You notice the first line where you got um, Rab Leathers and Harris up there. That is the first, that's not by talent. That's by simply by minutes played. <laughs> that first line is roughly in the 18 minute per game and up range. The second group you'll see that's roughly in the 14 to 17 minute range. Then we got about 12, you know, 11, 12, 13 minute, then the final line is usually 11 minutes and below. This way, every everybody has a chance to make a team of the week, not just the um, top performers every week. Awesome. Yeah, that makes sense, I guess, with, uh, I mean, if if you're really looking at it, everyone with the most amount of time would, would probably be there every week. If that was yeah, it'd just, be, it'd just be the same old DM names week after week, and I think one of the most important things for a leagues such as ours is to keep the um, keep the the newer players engaged, make them feel important because they are. Of course, yeah. I mean, a fourth liner that puts up, you know, one or two points may not look good compared to a first liner, but hey, if that uh, if that fourth liner is getting the game winners or or you know they're putting up the same amount of points per the minutes they're playing, yes. that's uh, that's nothing to turn your head at. So that's yep. awesome. Uh, yeah, very often his or her points per minute are just as good or not even better than the top line guys. Yeah, awesome. So in terms of defense, is that the same thing then? Uh, defense, I like, um, you know, EA keeps such piss poor stats on defense. That makes it somewhat of a challenge. So what I'd like to do is I like to put an emphasis and work on hits in there. Now, you know, you see you got some. Look at this week's team of the week. You got Terrence Jones on there. He's one of the biggest hitters in our league. So it's always happy to see him on there. But when I, 
I look at hits, I'll generally at least want to see at least one point of offense from you as well. Right. That's important. And that it's a, it's a fine balance keeping the, um, the offensive defensemen, like, you know, we got a couple on Jacksonville and, and the pure and the pure defensive guys, you got to see you're evaluating those guys side by side. And a lot of times they got different, different looking stats and you just kind of got to make a decision call. And a lot of those tiebreakers, you'll, uh, one of the things I'll look at also, if it's, if it's extremely close, I'll look at team of the week history. If one person's made team of the week and the other person's hat has not made team of the week and it's very, very close, I'll likely go with the person that has not been on. Um, that's, I think that's a good balance between um, keeping a variety of people on there and at the same time not making it a participation award. Right. Yeah. Awesome. But, um, and, then, this, and then what's your, what's your thoughts on the goalies and coaches? Um, the goalie goalies, goalies probably the easiest of the week because the, their, their stats are very cut and dry. They're probably the easiest thing that stick out during the week, but occasionally there'll be very tough decisions there, which um, brings me to this week. We had three goal, three goalies this week that absolutely belong to be, uh, absolutely deserve to be on there. I um, mean, Elias, Tony, and um, Josh Young. I looked at stats. I see Rose was definitely the top of the bunch for the three, so he, he's going to get first string. And then I, I look at Puckstopper and Young. I saw Young Young had the slightly better stats. He allowed one less goal per the week than Puckstopper. But then then I have to look at degree of difficulty. Um, Puckstopper is a junior goalie in our league. Well, Josh has been with us a couple of years, so there's a <clears throat> much greater degree of difficulty for Tony as well as the club he's playing for. And then finally, uh, those guys were so close. I'll look at Team of the Week history. Josh had made a Team of the Week previously where Tony was plucked out of the minor leagues in the middle of the season and thrown into the virtual fire. So yep. that and I, <clears throat> I, I consulted with my group of elders and we pretty much most of us agreed and that's why we went with tony but josh young would absolutely deserve an honorable mention this week awesome so you do take into the, the schedule then i, I kind of heard you say it there uh, yeah um schedule was probably most important for coach one thing i'll look at is um it's very very often we'll have multiple teams that have three or one four no weeks that i'll really stick out for coach one of the things i look at is um degree of difficulty you know you know but did you did you beat you beat florida you beat turku well that looks good or were you clubbing seals on the <laughs> expansion clubs all week um i that will make a difference now in this week's case um redwater was probably been playing the best in the league the last two weeks um they it's very rare i'll have a coach back to back but they they were even more impressive this last week than they were the week before they had victories over the two top teams in the atlantic which is saying something they've yep. really been bringing it hard awesome any other notes uh, that you'd like to share with anyone who, who looks at the team of the week any kind of questions you you want to answer for them here before uh before we move on 
Um, not as much questions as I really particularly excited about this week's team of the week. Um, it was great to see Puckstarper on there. So, you know, he had a, he has a great story just being plucked in the middle of the yeah. year. And, and you look at that second line, Redwater swept it. I think that's pretty exciting. And I counted one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, eleven players are oh, first wow. time on team of the week this week. And I think that's when we're this diff, deep into the season, that's us. That's us. Great to see. I yeah. To no, see it's great that. to see everyone's getting recognized. That's awesome. Thanks for your work on that, Scurvy. Yep, it's a lot of fun. Excellent. Um, yeah, really appreciate what you're you're doing there. Um, I'm going to shift gears now, and I'm going to ask you a, a few kind of closeout questions. Um, so let me ask you this: Who is your sure. fit? Who is your favorite player to watch in goals? Favorite player to watch in goals that would uh, easily be my uh, my co-owner Joey Rab. Um, you probably got that. Almost every player you got that one guy in your team. Whenever he or she touches the puck, you and you're watching the game. You might be chilling in your chair, and that, that one person touches that puck, and you just find yourself sliding a little forward in that chair because you know something's bound to happen. You know, <laughs> and Joey, he's that guy's a second-year player, so he's got a full-year progression behind the first-year vets, and he's still tied for the league lead and goals this late in the season and he's doing it from the second line wow. so that's us that's why he, he's a, a i'm clearly biased of <laughs> course and i'm okay i'm okay with that <laughs> your favorite player to watch probably should be someone on your own club <laughs> yeah so there will be no bias in your answer here but uh who do you think right now is is the best team in goals? Oh, I I might surprise you, but I'm going to say without hesitation, Dublin. Oh, wow. Because if you look at these uh, look at these statistics, defense wins child a ridiculous 49 goals in 42 games. Now I'm not saying they can't be beaten a four out of seven, and <laughs> any any team can, but going you know until until somebody can prove different. Um, so I'd just like to put on the record for your co-owners there that you didn't say Jacksonville. So uh. <laughs> oh, oh, they're, they're used to my rants. They're, awesome. Yeah, well, I, I appreciate I'm, I'm that. Up, I'm up 1130 <laughs> at night bitching in the staff channel about how, how bad my nothing. <laughs> and yeah. these guys are probably like, will you shut up? <laughs> yeah. uh, well, I guess I got another question for you uh, really quick. Uh, so when you're going up, I mean, you guys have been a new expansion team from season, uh, the first, from the first expansion, um, you guys were Ottawa originally, I believe, and then, yeah. and then moved to the Vipers to, to Jacksonville, you know, you guys have, they had the most success as an expansion team. How does it, I guess, coming into this season, you guys are obviously very good offensively. How does it, I guess, what's your guys' mentality when you're going up against the expansion teams or lower teams and you struggle or against Las Vegas and you lose a game? I guess, where is your head at after the game? What are you thinking about? And, and maybe give some advice for other owners who, uh, you know, what, who are going through tough spells or, or maybe not top of the league. What, what, can, they, what can they do? 
after games like that? Um, every basically, I get, I get, I get over. See, our staff reacts in different ways. Joey gets upset. Adam Banks calls us names, and I get analytical. I go and look at replays, and I figure, okay, what what went wrong here? Could have we done something better in lines or strats to stop that? Or hey, man, you know, may and you know, I've I've analyzed full losses before and came to the conclusion, hey, we just got EA'd. It's okay, it happens, you know. Yeah. Uh, this is why we play. This is why we play a fifty-game exactly. season. Because that every see everybody has that luck factor. You're going to get lucky and win games you probably shouldn't win, and you're going to lose games you should probably win. But every but the good news about 50 game season is everybody's luck sort of evens out over the course of those 50 games, and I think the standings pretty much prove that with eight games to go right now. Yeah, hundred well, percent agree. Awesome. Um... So I guess to like close this out, uh, a question we ask every guest, um, where do you see the league five years from now? Five years or five seasons? <laughs> Let's go with five years. That's big, big difference. Five, five years. Wow. Um, you're talking to somebody who generally don't look past my next game or my next opponent. So I don't know if I'll give you the best answer here, but I, I hope things are still going good, but um, in my experience in communities in the past like this, they tend to burn hot for a couple of years and then fade away a bit. I think we, if I think we're well posed not to do that if we keep our keep our new talent um, engaged and make them feel important and uh, pardon things. Um, and I think we're doing a very good job of that. If you look last, look at last year's crop of rookies players um, right now, some of them are team owners, some of them are coaches, some of them are GMs. You're rocking this podcast here. I mean, it's just, it's just amazing that class, the talent that's coming out of that rookie class of this year. As long as we can keep that kind of energy up, I think our future's looking bright. Awesome. That was a great, great answer. <laughs> great answer. Um, well, Scurvy, we, uh, again, we really appreciate you coming on to the show tonight, and we look forward to, um, you know, the teams of the week moving forward, which we'll be incorporating into the show, and um, your continued contributions to the league. Thank you very much. Yeah, thanks for everything. Right on. Thanks for having me. All right. My pleasure, Jim. Awesome. Have yourself a great night, sir. All right. What an interesting interview with Scurvy Dog. Uh, once again, really appreciate him coming on to the show. Um, Chewie, why don't you uh, close us off with, you know, our thoughts for our fans and any requests we've got? Yeah, well, I just want to, again, thank Scurvy for coming on, telling us about the team of the week. Uh, big reason for having him was we wanted to to display the team of the week moving forward and i think him laying out the ground so everyone kind of understands it was awesome and um yeah thanks for everyone for watching i know we did the giveaway last week uh for the twitch bonus i'm very surprised on how much traction that got i mean our youtube hit over 70 subs i didn't think we were going to hit anywhere near that till the off season but uh, there will be some more stuff to to hand out this off season, so so definitely stay tuned. Um, you can also catch us on our Twitter now at uh, Ringside Goals. 
and uh, there will be a Discord hopefully coming out very soon where you can submit your plays of the week, submit questions. If you're interested in the interview, please reach out. And uh, again, thank you everyone for all your support. We're four episodes in, and I'm hoping everyone likes it, and uh, I hope we can do this for a lot longer. All right. Closing us out. Okay.